Welcome to this week's podcast from Free Chapel in Orange County. We hope you enjoy this message. For more information, check out our website at freechapel.org. I'd love for you to open them with me to the book of Acts chapter 27. Let's go there. Acts chapter 27. And I want to talk to you for just a few moments from Acts chapter 27. And I'll give you my title in just a moment. Verse 14 of Acts 27 says, But not long after a, temp, a, temp, a tempest headwind arose, and they named the storm Eculon. The ship was caught in the wind, and just for the sake of time, I'm going to go down to verse 17. And when they had taken it on board, they used cables to undergird the ship, lest that it would run aground. And they... Uh, in verse 18, just going to highlight some things. The, the, the tempest was exceedingly tossed. The ocean, they're saying, is stirred up so bad in the midst of this storm. The next day, they lightened the ship. Notice that. Verse 20 says that, that the sun and the stars didn't appear for many days because the storm was so severe. And it says, all hope that we would be saved was finally given up. That's a bad place when you have no hope of surviving the storm. And then I want you to notice verse 22. Now I urge you, this is the Apostle Paul speaking, cheer up. King James says, cheer up. For there will be no loss of life among you, but only the ship. For there stood by me an angel of God to whom I belong and whom I serve. Now I want you to keep going. I'm reading a little more than than usual, but I want you to see this. Verse 29. Then fearing lest we should run aground on the rocks, they dropped four anchors from the stern and prayed for the daylight to come. The sailors were seeking to escape the ship when they had let down the skiff into the sea under the pretense they're pretending to be putting the anchors down. In verse 31, Paul said to the centurion and soldiers, unless these men stay in the ship, you cannot be saved. I want to talk to you about how, how you can survive your greatest storm. And you, and you say, well, I'm not in a storm. Well, there are three kinds of people, those who are headed to a storm, those who are in a storm, and those who are coming out of a storm. So you may need to save this one, but I promise you, you will need it. The Associated Press on Friday, March the 27th, 2009 put out an article that said an agency investigating the deadly boating accident involving two NFL players and their friends in the Gulf of Mexico has concluded it was caused when the vessel, listen carefully, was improperly anchored. The boat capsulized after one of them tied the throttle to pry loose the anchor. I won't read all the details, but there was a football player from the Oakland Raiders and another defensive lineman from another team and three football players that were there and two of them ended up drowning tragically. One of them was found two days later floating at sea, holding on to something almost at the point of perishing and what amazed me about the end of the story, and I'm just going to quote exactly the wording, the 
because it really speaks to us today. Said, overall, it was just a mistake in anchoring. If you're not properly anchored, you will not survive the storm. God doesn't just want us to go through a storm. He wants us to grow through the storm. If God allows a storm to come into your life, He's saying it's time for you to grow. He's not a God who likes to see us just go through battles and trials and storms. He wants you. He wants to use that storm to grow you so that you just don't go through it, you grow through it. 1991, eight scientists created an artificial environment in Oracle, Arizona. They called it Biosphere 2. They lived in it, eight scientists, for two years with no contact from outside the bubble world that they created. They created a mini ecosystem. The desert, a, a desert was there. Rainforest was there. Even a, even a miniature ocean was created. And they lived in it for two years, and I'd like to add, without Starbucks. Come on. That's, that's really something. And after a while, the effects of windless, stormless environments caused the trees to bend over, and eventually all the trees snapped and broke. They concluded the reason that the trees were bent over and breaking is like it or not, weathering storms builds their strength. The same is true for me and you. Like it or not, you'll never get strong in prayer. You'll never get strong in the Word. You'll never get strong in praise. You'll never get strong in faith until you go through the storms. The Apostle Paul quickly gives us three things before I get to where I really want to go. He gives you three things, three secrets of surviving the storm. First of all, the Bible said when the storm hit that the sailors began to brace up the ship. They took large, thick ropes and they had to dive into the stormy sea. They saw it coming. I'm sure they tried to get ahead and they would swim under the boat with that rope, th hitch it up to something and do this again, kind of undergirding and bracing up this ship that was going through the storm. You see, when you get in the middle of a storm in your marriage or in your career or in your finances or in your health or in relationships, the first thing you need to do is brace up your mind with the Word of God. You have to keep thinking straight when you get in the Word of God. And the greatest thing you can learn to do is when trouble comes and storms come is brace yourself up in the truth of God's Word. Brace up your mind if you get a bad physical sickness report. Brace up your mind with the Word of God by His stripes. First Peter 2, I am healed. Declare the truth of God's circumstances in the midst of your storm. I, I love the scripture in Job chapter 8 that says, where though you, be, you began small, where you began will seem unimportant because your future will be so successful. Jeremiah 1 and 5 said that before you, you were formed in your mother's womb, God knew you and ordained everything about your life. Psalms 139 says, I'm fearfully and wonderfully made. And Jeremiah 29 and 11 says that you have a future filled with hope. So when you feel the storm coming against you, trying to destroy your destiny, brace up your life 
and your mind with the Word of God. When you get in marriage uh, trouble and the enemy just says this ship of marriage is about to break to pieces and you might as well give up, there's no hope. You cannot let your emotions or your fears or your carnal mind and what you see determine whether or not your marriage is going to make it through that storm. Brace up your marriage with the Word of God. You know, I remember when Sharice and I first got married the first year and we would get into a lot of arguments and and uh, and, and I, I truly, I'm not, I'm not exaggerating, I truly believed that 96% upwards to 98% of the problems we were having was totally Sharice's fault. I really believe that. After all, I'm basically perfect in my own mind. And I could not, what is wrong with you? Why, is ever, why do you create so many problems? I actually would remember my whole attitude was, if she could just be more like me, if she could just be, I still feel that way sometimes, if she could just be more like me. And so when you get in trouble, the first few years of marriage especially are trying. And like somebody said, you know, Cinderella lied. He's neither, he's neither charming nor is he a prince. And then she threw the slipper at him. And that's how you feel when you get in marriage storms. And you begin to lose hope. Too many differences and all those lies, in, in, irreconcilable differences. We're just, it's not going to make it. We just weren't supposed, we miss God. We, we, we got in a hurry. We, we shouldn't have got married. It wasn't God's will. All those lies in a storm come at you. And what do you do? You have to brace your marriage up and your mind up with the Word of God. Hebrews 13 and 4 said, marriage is precious. Don't feel precious, but marriage is precious. One translation said marriage is of great price. Isn't that sweet? That's what you declare right in the middle of the storm. Why you feel like scratching his eyeballs out. Marriage is of great price. Marriage is especially dear, one translation said. And you don't feel that way, but you brace up your marriage with the Word of God. Proverbs 5.15, rejoice with the wife of your youth. It means if you've been married like Sharice and I last week, 31 years or a week before, 31 years... And, and, and the longer you stay with each other, you know, the enemy will say, well, you know, why don't, to Sharice, why don't you get you a young man? Why don't you get you a young man? Why don't you get you a man with abs and, rea- and, and ripped and, and, and a hottie? Why do you stay with him? Why? And the scripture said, Sharice, rejoice with the husband of your youth. Of your youth. <laughs> 1 Corinthians, I'm picking on her today. 1 Corinthians chapter 13 says love never fails. And so when you get in the storms, and boy, we've been through them, you have to brace up your mind with the Word of God. I'm not going to take that lie that we can't make it and we weren't. God put us together. God has blessed us. God has sealed this marriage. God has a divine purpose. God put us together to terrify hell and produce children that would tear. And I'm not going to let the devil steal my generational blessing. Come on. Brace it up with the Word of God. And then... Paul says something in Acts 22 and and 33, I think it is, or 38, whatever it is. I read it. You figure it out. He said, cheer up. Everybody say, brace up. Brace up your mind with the Word of God. And then he said, cheer up. 
When you get in a storm, don't allow your emotions to cause you to go into depression. Welcome to life. It's just making you stronger. You would break at the smallest thing, but the things that don't kill you just make you stronger. So let, let it just cheer up. The joy of the Lord is your strength. Hope must rule our heart. We must control our attitude in the storms. Yeah, it's bad. And yes, it's painful. Now, I'm not denying the crisis is real. But right in the middle of the storm, the apostle Paul stood up and said, Hey, everybody, cheer up. God said, we're going to the other side. And so I'm saying to you today, cheer up. Why? Because the message of Christianity is victory. He leads us from place to place in perpetual victory while riding in the parade. That's a verse right out of God's Word. I'm telling you, you ought to cheer up because the message of Christianity isn't being a victim, isn't being trials and tribulations and bad times and I'm holding on to Jesus. The message of Christianity is whatever comes against me, nothing can separate me from the love of God and I'm more than a conqueror. The message of Christianity is victory. Everybody take a praise break. I know it's early. But you need to declare victory in the midst of your storms and cheer up. Tell your neighbor, if you're happy, notify your face. I wouldn't know it. And then lastly, Paul said, did you catch it in that verse? They lighten their ship. They lighten their ship. When you get in a storm, you have to learn how to lay aside stuff that really doesn't matter. Because we pick up a lot of stuff from port to port that really doesn't matter. A lot of extra stuff in the storms need to be tossed. And the Bible said they did it with their own hands. Quit waiting on God to do everything and lighten your load a little bit. If you're going through a rough storm, quit putting so much on you. I, I, I thought about maybe, maybe I could see them tossing off the baggage of complaining. You got to get rid of it. That'll weigh you down, just complaining. Why am I always looking at that heathen? They're driving a portion. I'm, I'm about to lose everything. Just, just cheer up. Brace yourself up in the Word of God and then lighten up. Throw that baggage of complaining off. Throw that baggage of past hurts off. Throw the baggage of bitterness and unforgiveness. Hey, here's one. Throw the baggage of pride off. Maybe God's letting you go through the storm to remind you that He is your source, not the river and not the birds and not, and not the corporation and not man, not your employer. God is your source. And sometimes we get, you get to thinking, it's like the portly man. That's another word for fat. Portly man who was standing around bragging to all his colleagues, I'm a self-made man. And a little kid looked up and said, what'd you make yourself that way for? And if we're not careful, the more successful we get, we take on the baggage of pride. But there's something about storms that drive us back to our needs and our dependency on God and leaning and coming back to Him. Throw it off the ship. Lighten the load. I wrote down three bags that I find myself when I get in storms having to throw off. Number one, insufficiency. Seems like when I get in storms, I'll hear the enemy whisper, you're not educated enough, you're not talented enough, you're not good enough, you're not, you're not sharp enough. Insecurity. You're going to lose. You don't have what it takes. Throw that off. You, don't, you can't go through the storm doubting yourself. If ever there was a time you needed to hear Joshua 
what God told Joshua, be strong and of good courage. It's when you're in the storm. So throw off insecurity, throw off insufficiency, and lastly, throw off insignificance. No one really needs you. You're not important. You're not right for the part. That's the stuff that the enemy loads us down and, light, and, 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 and we need to lighten our load. And you have to throw that insignificance off and say important people do important things. If I'm doing something important, it's because God believes I'm an important person. I'm holding the microphone. I'm an important person. Therefore, I am not insignificant. I am not insecure. And I am not insufficient. What I have in me is greater than anything that I'm going through. And I'm not just going through it. I'm growing through it. Put your hands together. I'm almost done. I'm almost where I want to be. What got me about the story that I read earlier concerning those NFL football players who lost their life. Please notice they were powerful, strong men, but their strength was not enough to make him win and overcome the storm. And those men died a tragic death because of improper anchoring. It wasn't that they weren't anchored. They were improperly anchored. What are you anchored to? Young people going back to school. What are you anchored to? In the storms, what is your marriage anchored to? What is your finances anchored to? Are you anchored to your friends? They'll let you down. Are you anchored to material things? There's some storms that all the money in the world can't buy your way out of. Are you anchored to improper relationships? Are you anchored to alcohol? Is that your anchor? That, that, that when you get in real storms and stress, you turn to the anchor of alcohol or, or drugs or opioids? Is that what your anchor? Is that what you depend on to hold you and keep you and help you make it through the storm? You, you are improperly anchored. Ephesians 4.14 said that many are tossed to and fro, carried with every wind and doctrine. You can't... I'm not anchored to Buddhism in my storm. I'm not going to sit here and do this and hope I make it through the storm and burn incense. I, I know that's not politically correct. I'm not anchored to Muhammad. I'm not anchored to other religions. I'm anchored to the rock, Jesus Christ. He's the only one that will get you through the storm. Your meditation, your, your friends, your counseling, that's all good. Nothing wrong with it. But when it's all said and done, if you don't throw your anchor and grab hold of the rock, Jesus Christ, and I want to preach right now, the strength, notice that the boat doesn't hold the anchor. The anchor Anchor holds the boat. And Jesus is... Woo, hallelujah. Somebody give the Lord a praise if you're anchored. You know, you know the thing about an anchor too, it doesn't stop you from drifting. You know, let's say this is the rock and I throw my, my anchor out and I, and I get it hooked on here. It doesn't mean I won't drift. But it'll only let me go so far. I have those days where 
But I'm so thankful for the restraining power. Sometimes God will just hook you into His sovereignty. And He won't let you go, but so far. And then the anchor will hold you. And thank God you would have went on out deeper. And you didn't know death was out there. And destruction was out there. And all kinds of pain was out there. But because you were anchored, the anchor, it doesn't stop you from drifting. But it won't let you go, but so far. Until you come to church and you hear another sermon and you repent and you turn around, that's how you know you're saved. If you can live in sin, do anything you want with no restraints, you're not saved. But if you have hooked your anchor onto the rock, Jesus Christ, He won't let you go but so far before you feel the tug saying, come back to me. Hallelujah. Let's take a praise break. I feel, I feel good in my sanctified soul this morning. Turn to somebody and say, I'd be way out there. Say, I know you would. You're crazy. I know you. But my anchor holds. Max Lucado in 1979 tells this story in one of his books. The famous Christian author, he's brilliant. I know him. He's a friend. I've been with him a couple times on TV programs. And he's just a brilliant man. But he tells this true story and something that happened in the late summer of 1979. He said there was a group of young college students living in a houseboat, four of them, on the Miami River. And there was a hurricane coming in in 1979 called David. It was in the direct path of uh, the city of Miami and surrounding areas. These four young men were novices to enduring hurricanes. And so they took that houseboat that they were all college students and they all had a quarter of the boat that they had decided to rent and keep and everything they owned was on there. So they were very concerned. And he said that they tied the boat to trees on the land with chains and to the pier just to make sure that it would survive Hurricane David. He said there was an old kind of salty, leathered skin veteran hurricane survivor who had lived down in Miami all of his life and, and was, a, was a boat guy. And he walked up to them and he said, tie your boat to the land and you'll regret it. I'm quoting him. Those trees and that pier will be eaten up by the hurricane. Now I'm quoting him. Your only hope is to anchor deep. He said, go out in deep water and throw out four anchors in four different directions and pray for God's help. He said, get on a boat, come back in and get as high up as you can get and get out of here. But he said, your only hope is to anchor deep. Throw out four anchors. Max Lucado said it was good advice because he was one of those four men. And his boat and his goods survived. I want to, in closing, quickly give you four anchors. And it won't take me long to do this unless you're a long-winded audience. Any shouting, clapping takes away from your time, not mine. <laughs> Paul said, drop four anchors. Did you catch it? Drop four anchors. What are the four anchors that I drop when I go through the storms of life? Number one, 
I drop the anchor of purpose. When the wind is blowing, when the storm is raging, I'm here for a purpose. Purpose doesn't change in the storm. I am not an exploded tadpole randomly placed on the earth. I have a divine purpose to my life. Your purpose predates your conception. Jeremiah, before you were in your mother's womb, I called you, ordained you, and planned your purpose before you were ever impregnated into your mother. Your purpose predates your conception. Your purpose was planned for you without your input. You don't decide your purpose. You can choose your career. You can choose your hobbies. You can choose your relationships. But you cannot choose your purpose. God put it in you. And therefore, it is indestructible. Focus on purpose when you get in the storm. What do you mean? Don't focus on the storm. Focus on the shore. Losers focus on what they're going through. Champions focus on what they're going to. Focus on purpose. That's why Jesus was a champion. For the joy that was set before him. He's going through the storm on the cross. They're slashing in him and cutting in him and torturing him. But he's not thinking about just what he's going through. Oh, we can't ignore it. But he's the thing that keeps him on the cross is for the joy that was set before him. I have a purpose. He saw us sitting in Free Chapel, Orange County, Sunday morning with redeemed hands, praising him and giving him glory. He saw that and his purpose empowered him to endure the storm. Drop the anchor of purpose. Secondly, drop the anchor of courage when you get in a storm. Finishing the race, even if your last place, is courage. Standing up to your daughter when she demands to go out with the cool guy that you know what he's after. He doesn't love Jesus. That's courage. Forgiving a friend who let you down is courage. Courage is loving your husband in the midst of a financial crisis that he created. Courage is refusing to let cancer steal your smile and steal your joy. But when you get in the storm, you throw out the anchor of courage and you say, I'm going to chemo today, but it will not steal my joy. It will not steal my smile. I'm going to cheer up. I'm going to brace up. I'm going to lighten up. And somehow, some way, the captain of my salvation will get me through to the other side. Clap your hands, somebody. It's not that we don't go through these storms. But you got to have the anchor of courage and the anchor of purpose when you get in the storm, courage says try again. Don't quit. Keep going. Courage is not the absence of fear. It's doing it in spite of fear. Throw out the third anchor. Boy, I like this one. I'm telling you, this, I, this one's mine. When you get in the storm, don't forget to throw out the third anchor. It's worship. Don't you allow the storm to steal your worship. As a matter of fact, the thing that will stop you from drifting. Wow. Do you know, do you know 
why I say that? Because, you know, idol worship, I-D-O-L, idol worship. You know where idol worship starts? It starts when you're being idle, I-D-L-E, in your worship. And when you get idle in your worship, you start worshiping other idols. So the greatest thing you can do when you get in a storm is throw out the anchor of worship and say, the last thing I feel like doing, because I feel like I'm up to my eyeballs in the storm, but Lord, I'm going to your house this morning. Congratulations. Some of you are in the storm. And the last thing the enemy wanted you to do is get up and come to church and be encouraged with the word of God. But you throw out the anchor of worship. We don't worship him for what he's doing right now. We worship him for who he is. He's still... Put your hand in the hand of the man who steals the water. Put your hand in the hand of the man who calmed the sea. Y'all don't know this song. Take a look at yourself. Others differently by placing your of the Galilee. Tell all the old people they're good singers. Come on, give them a big hand. There's a, there's a group right over here. Senior citizen section. <laughs> Don't lose your worship. Don't lose your worship. Come on. Anybody in a storm? I dare you this morning to throw out the anchor because what I found is the storm will take me as far. Here. I'm going to do it like I want to do it. Jerry, come up here and help me preach. Kirby, come up here and help me preach. Sir, will you come up here and help me preach? I got some big guys I want to come up here. You know why? Because sometimes, let's say I throw my anchor out and I'm worshiping and I start drifting because the storm, come on over here. And, the, and, and you come right here and you come right here behind me and you come right here. And these big old jokers right here, there's disappointment, there's depression, there's discouragement, and they'll grab a hold of you in the middle. They'll grab a hold of you in the middle of the storm, but I throw my anchor and I got it on the rock, and they can pull and they can pull, but nothing can separate me from the love of God. And sooner or later, if I hold on to the anchor of worship, I'll praise myself loose. I'll come back and I'll get on board and I'll say, Look what the Lord has done. Give him praise. Thank you, gentlemen. You're going to make it if you worship your way through the storm. We are not called to be whiners. We're called to be worshipers in the midst of the storm. Woo, I feel that. Somebody needs to give him the sacrifice of praise. It's easy sometimes to praise him. But when you're in a storm, it's a sacrifice. It's a sacrifice. And lastly, lastly. Boy, this is a big one. This, this last one's the biggest one, Ben. It's the anchor of the church. The fourth anchor is the anchor of the church. When you get in a storm, you need to be anchored to church. You need a church home. Don't run from church when you get in a storm, in your marriage, Going through stuff and you're embarrassed and a lot of people just run for church. But throw your anchor down. Drop your anchor in God's house. Because if you come to a church like this, you're going to get a word from God. The closer we get to the end, the more the anchor needs to hold us from drifting too far. And I thought about it. You know, if there's one thing that I could say throughout my whole life that has held me, is my parents didn't give me a chance, uh, opportunity to 
define whether or not we went to church. I can never my whole childhood into my teenage and 20s, as long as I stayed home, never did my parents come and say, darling, sweetie, would you like to go to church today? Do you feel like it? Never did I ever hear those strange words that this generation hears. My dad would put it like this. Do you want to eat today? Do you want your clothes out in a box in the front yard? As long, he had this little statement, as long as you live under my roof and eat my food. And then he had another one. I brought you in. <laughs> Let's just keep moving. <laughs> and I find myself, it's funny, when my kids get, get funky and crazy acting, I brought you into this world. I can take you out. Y'all ever heard those words? Just checking. I didn't know if we still had any parents anymore. It's you. Oh, little darling, little darling. Little devil. <laughs> but you know, the power of a church is I don't feel like reading my Bible start drifting further and further away from God's word but if I just keep coming to church it'll only let me drift so far something will be said something somewhere I, 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 I don't want to worship and I can drift and I can just become mechanical but if you keep coming to church there'll be one of those services like we had not too long ago where it just man everybody in this place was wrecked on a Sunday night y'all remember that? I don't want to go to church and you start missing and missing but if you've got your home church you'll stay anchored David said I almost slipped and right before I quit I quit I went to the house of the Lord he was anchored I wish that a lot of people who are on the brink of quitting were so anchored to the church that they just keep coming because the very time you don't come is when God would have given you exactly what you needed to get through the storm so, you know, I had an anchor. I had the anchor of the Word. I had the anchor of worship. I had the anchor of the church. I had the anchor of purpose and courage. Listen to me. And When my friends were doing other things because my parents anchored me in that Word and in the truth of the church, I could go out, and I did. And I went as far as I could, but something would let me go. Those anchors kept me. They kept me from immoral an immoral sexual life. They kept me from drug addiction. They kept me from alcoholism. It's not that I'm better than anybody else. I was just properly anchored. I'd have drifted just like you. But I had folks in my life, parents, that got me properly anchored. And when I went off to college and everybody was doing it, I had an anchor for my soul. Stand up on your feet all over this room and lift up your hands. Thank you for listening to this week's podcast. We hope you were blessed.